Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Opinionated. Five weeks already. <laughs> it felt like stock this yesterday, to be honest. Um, today I'm joined by my online friend, uh, Matt Abdulghani. Uh, so before we debate about a very relevant topic, current moment in time, uh, sanctions, how about telling the listeners more about you, Matt? Yeah, well, um, I'm Max. Um, firstly, thank you for, for this opportunity. It's rare that I get to do this sort of thing. Um, well, I'm a centrist, um, and until, up until sort of January time, I was politically homeless. Um, I didn't feel that any of the three main political parties necessarily represented my sort of mainstream view. Um, but I, I only really joined Labour in the first place in order to elect a leader that I thought could get Labour to win the next election. I voted Keir Starmer and Ian Murray, um, but now I've sort of settled into the party more. And I definitely feel that it's uh, my sort of party now. Uh, I'm happy to have you here. Um, and um, so what, what are your views on sanctions, sir? Um, I'm not outright opposed to sanctions because I think it is important that... Um, countries do have the opportunity to impose them when need be and when country, other countries have breached international law. But my main views on sanctions are that essentially they don't achieve what they um, what they set out. When, when countries set out to impose sanctions, their goal is usually to um, install some sort of regime change or policy change. And that usually doesn't happen. And instead, there's a lot of more consequences that can come out of sanctions that can uh, actually affect other countries and not just the country that's being imposed. Um, so my, my main view is that, you know, before countries start to impose sanctions, usually Western countries, we should actually look at the alternatives. Yeah, I see what you mean, but I, I personally, I'm very for sanctions because I'm, well, to be honest, I'm a very strong supporter of human rights, um, and uh, things like that and I believe it's one of the main ways to uh, get positive human rights in basically every country in the world to be honest. Um, do you, so do you think sanctions work? Um, I think there is a minority of cases in which sanctions can work um, and I mean there are different types of sanctions there are the sort of the usual sanctions and then there are things called targeted sanctions or also known as smart sanctions and these are sort of more targeted at directly at a country to ensure that other countries within their trading link are not um, targeted but um, so yeah yeah um, well I've got like I'm, I'm not going to bore you by reading it out but I've got a list of like 13 like sanctions that actually really did work from um, all the way from 1920s to 1990s. Um, it's been uh, it's been a uh, staple in international politics for like centuries now. And like um, the uh, Peterson Institute for International Economics, they say only 35% of sanctions are effective, which isn't over half, but surely a chance of it being effective is better than doing nothing at all. Yeah, well, I think that 
the suggestion that the alternative to sanctions is to do nothing at all. I, I don't think that's. I think actually, when you look at alternatives such as um, more sort of diplomacy, more sort of meeting with other leaders to actually discuss what can be done before sanctions are imposed, um, rather than sort of start out an all-out trade war. Um, I think really it's the only reason that sanctions are still around now is because they are they act as a signal for policy change, but they don't necessarily result in any action, in any meaningful action, and they don't um, result in countries actually changing the way they think and the way they govern. Um, so I think that's the main reason that sanctions have been around for so long and that countries often look to them as a, a way of sort of saying to your people, we're dealing with this country. But I think more than anything, they're sort of almost a PR exercise because they are saying, you know, look at us, we're defending the country and we're, um, you know, and we're attacking this country based on its dreadful human rights record when actually it's unlikely those sanctions are going to have any effects whatsoever on that country. Um, but, like, as everyone knows, like, let's go with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, they, um, it's illegal to be gay there. They uh, kill, like, political opponents and things like that. Um, do you really think diplomacy will get through to them and uh, change their policies rather than installing sanctions straight away? Uh, I don't necessarily think that, but I do think Saudi Arabia has progressed quite a lot through the years. It may sound a bit strange to say that, but Saudi Arabia is not as authoritarian and backwards as it used to be. Um, it still is quite authoritarian and backwards, but it's not not as much as it used to be. But um, interesting, I did a speech on whether the West should impose sanctions on countries which criminalise homosexuality. Um, and I talked about the fact that there are 72 countries in the world which have criminal laws against homosexuality, which is awful. Um, and, you know, in places like Russia, people are stoned on the street for holding hands. Um, and there was a case in Kamchatka recently where a deputy director of an airport was murdered, and that was involving three men, and it was proved to be um, motivated by homophobia. So there are massive problems um, in countries, you know, such as Poland and Russia and, and Saudi Arabia where homosexuality is not accepted yet, and indeed it's rejected by a lot of the population and, and the, of course, the governments themselves. Um, and I think that it's difficult to say, you know, should we just, should we go down the diplomacy route first or should we just go straight to sanctions? But at the end of the day, um, it's a moral issue. Um, and unless they are, as a country, actually, I mean, I think Saudi Arabia actually a one-off where they actually anyone who commits same-sex offences gets a murder sentence added on to that to that sentence, you know, which is completely unfair and uh, really not, can, cannot be justified. So I think when countries actually in, breach human rights of these people, then they should face the consequences. But I think when, when other countries in the West start to in, interfere in different cultures, it can become problematic at times. Yeah, I see your point, but to be honest, I don't really see it as a moral or um, cultural issue. It is purely human rights. Like, everyone's human. Um, and surely we need to uh, defend each human equally rather than um, uh, just letting that happen uh, by not intervening. I think intervention is sometimes necessary, but 
what I'm trying to say is it doesn't have to necessarily involve sanctions. And if it does involve sanctions, um, the only way they're really going to be effective if it's, is, is if they are um, multilaterally imposed. So if other countries support these sanctions too, whereas if one country's sort of imposing sanctions, they're not really going to be threatened and they're not likely to change their policies. And I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you that, you know, it's terrible that in countries like Saudi Arabia, homosexuals are being persecuted for their, you know, the way they are. And, but I think what the point I was trying to make in my speech certainly was that basically, no matter how bad the countries are, and no matter how tough the laws are on homosexuality in these countries, it's not very effective to impose sanctions and it's been proven to not be very effective because ultimately it creates another of other problems related to trade. And I get why people think that it might be a good signal um, for people across the world that we're doing something about it. But when you've got problems such as like other countries in global trade chain links being affected by these sanctions, it becomes a lot more problematic and uh, we can have, it can open up new disputes with other countries that we didn't have disputes with before. Uh, so there are, there are huge economic implications. Um, say the uh, say the United Kingdom was like um, Russia uh, and had really bad human rights record on uh, homosexuals, and our main trade trading partners, the EU and the US, um, and they impose sanctions on us. Like, don't you think that would be the best thing for them to do? I think. <sighs> I think, to be honest, if they impose sanctions on us, um, I mean, it depends because, I mean, the UK is quite a rich country, but usually the countries which are being targeted are quite poor. And that's one of the main problems also, because if a country is quite poor, um, when sanctions are being imposed, the people are likely to start sort of supporting their governments more. So when sanctions are placed on Russia, there was a huge surge in support for the Putin administration. Um, and that was seen. But sometimes it does go the other way because a lot of countries, their aims are to actually topple an administration because a lot of countries which have sanctions placed upon them are undemocratic in their nature and they're like authoritarian governments, they're dictatorships. Um, but we saw in Russia recently with the Putin administration, it's gathered a lot more support than it previously had. And I think if sanctions were imposed on the UK, we'd be a, you know, it's a different situation because the UK is not exactly the same as these other countries, but, but we'd be more likely to support um, the divisive, you know, if our government's like making laws against homosexuality, people will be more likely to support the governments through that because they are, because when sanctions are imposed, it's not, you know, it's not the oligarchs, it's not the, the upper classes who get affected It's everyday people who really face the consequences. And that's one of the key problems. And that's why the smart sanctions exists because they are supposedly more targeted, more direct, and they um, target the governments of the country rather than the everyday people. Uh, yeah, on your point of it, um, strengthening um, people's support of a government, um, just to be clear, I do not support this sanction, but in 1983, 
uh, South Africa imposed sanctions against the Sutu because they were harboring uh, African-American refugees. Um, and because of these sanctions, uh, the people of the Sutu actually started a, a coup against their government. So surely it would make people less happy with the government. Yeah, I mean, as I said, there are cases where, in which that happens, in which it encourages, um, as the countries hope, uh, for people to topple their own government. Um, but a lot of the time that hasn't happened. And we've seen actually increased support for governments, for oppressive governments around the world. And that can be very problematic also, um, because a lot of the, you know, a lot of these governments have um, tactics where, you know, this sort of populist outlook where they manage to gain support from across class boundaries when sanctions are being posed up upon them because the people start to see foreign countries as the enemy and not their own governments. So I get your point, but a lot of countries have actually seen increased support when sanctions are being um, imposed. Okay, I'd just like to correct myself quickly. I've realised that I said um, they were harbouring African-American refugees. I meant just um, uh, the black South African refugees. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, read a quote from uh, Woodrow Wilson in 1919, um, which I fully support, but I would like to hear your stance on it. So it says, a nation that is boycotted is a nation that is in sight of surrender. Apply this economic, peaceful, silent, deadly remedy and there will be no need for force. It does not cost a life outside the nation boycotted, but it brings a pressure upon the nation, which in my judgment, no modern nation could resist. Yeah, so I think, um, I think it's important that we actually place pressure on, and I, I would emphasize that, that um, countries which breach international law are, they have to have pressure upon them. And if we don't do anything about it, obviously they will um, succeed in what they're doing uh, in terms of lawmaking. And um, there are ways to stop that. And one of the benefits of sanctions, of course, is that um, it can sometimes change the way these countries think and can sometimes change the policies. But sadly, it's just that the facts say that this isn't usually the case. And... Um, despite, you know, even if countries breach international law and they act with the intention to cause disruption to other countries or, or they're interfering in elections or whatever they're doing, um, it, sanctions don't necessarily have the effect that we want them to. And, you know, should they really just be a signal or should we actually be imposing real action? Um, and a lot of the time, the aim of the sanctions is to de-escalate military tensions um, so the US and Iran, for instance, um, the US imposed sanctions on Iran supposedly to to stop a real war from happening. So, into you know, in return for an economic war, but really uh, sanctions can also escalate military tensions more than anything. And uh, I mean, the one well, the I think it was the Iranian amb ambassador who said recently in an interview that um, economic sanctions imposed on them are basically a war crime. I think that, that was it's very strong words that he used there. Um, and of course, the US wouldn't agree with that. But it just shows, I think, how much effect sanctions can have. And once they're imposed by a country, 
how hard it is to strengthen relations once again after that tough period. Well, um, you uh, uh, you mentioned there about um, countries breaking international law. They should have um, basically the consequences. Um, but um, because of the lack of sanctions, aren't, um, aren't countries getting away with breaking international law already? Um, I think with more sanctions, if we were to massively sort of increase the sanctions, I think all it would do is place more economic pressure on working class people in the countries being targeted. And I think although people want people might see it from the outlook as a sort of way of saying this is not okay and as a signal and understand why that's important for people, but ultimately what it, the only thing that it would do is put more pressure on everyday people rather than governments, unless it's targeted. Well, um, let me talk about uh, China. Uh, mm. China imprisons Muslims in concentration camps and tortures and indoctrinates them. Should we really let this happen? In China, the LGBTQ plus community they're subject to gender-affirming treatments and mandatory conversion therapy. Should we also let that happen? China stalks and imprisons human rights campaigners and politicians. It's one of the most polluted nations in the world with awful environmental policies. And that's just a few things from China. There are much more vile things happening in India, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Palestine, Iran, Pakistan, and many more countries. Should we let them happen? No, absolutely not. I, I mean, I watched an interview today with um, the Chinese ambassador um, who's on the Andrew Marr show. And, you know, the, the, the footage that Andrew was showing was clearly showing that um, prisoners were being taken, um, were being blindfolded and taken on trains to go to concentration camps. And obviously the Chinese ambassador would deny that. But what's going on in China is absolutely appalling. And, you know, if the West sits there and does nothing, they will continue to do what they're doing um, in secret because, they've, I mean, they've probably been doing it in secret for many years, but now it's it's all come to light. So, no, I, I do think um, I, I do think we could uh, we should impose sanctions on China. Um, I'm not totally opposed to sanctions. I just think that sanctions should be a last resort. But I think what China is doing is... Um, is far more um, horrific than other countries at the moment, and they're, they're certainly uh, a group. Of, they're certainly a country which is um, doing the most damage to everyday people and oppressing Muslims. So I think actually, you know, sanctions would be justified in that case. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, if any, are there any other countries that you support uh, sanctions on? Um. I think Russia, well, I mean, Russia never behaves well, but recently it's been behaving less well. And I think uh, perhaps some sanctions on Russia would be would be justified at this stage, um, considering their interference, their likely interference in the Brexit referendum and also the uh, 2019 election. So I think that would be justified. Yeah, um, but wouldn't you think we should... Um... Well, maybe not a full sanction, but uh, stop receiving uh, most products that we receive from India. 
due to their awful environmental policies as well. Um, yes, I think it's yeah, I think it's important that we um, we deal with that too. But I think the main point is before we result to sanctions, and we need to look at the the type of um, problem we have, and and really sort of look at the solution for the right problem because a lot of the time we sort of impose sanctions and use the same solution for different types of problems on a different scale but i think there are some cases in which um there are no alternatives in, but to impose sanctions i understand that definitely yeah the um the uk and us like a couple of the most powerful countries in the world um so don't you think um sanctions is using that power for the best rather than basically oppressing other countries yeah i think i think using imposing sanctions by using um the power that we have it it can be beneficial but the thing is about sanctions is um when sanctions are being imposed are a lot five years or more they are unlikely to um We'll have any lasting change. So there's, I mean, there's been sanctions placed on Cuba, I think, for decades now, and they they still done nothing. And the US is still imposing sanctions on them, um, and there's been no change, no policy change, nothing. And you know they're unlikely to change anytime soon. So I think, as long as I think the thing is with sanctions is you you be able to tell if they work immediately, and if they don't work, um, well. I mean, it's usually after about five years that you start to realise that they're never going to work. Okay. Um, also, do you think um, Hong, the situation in Hong Kong is a uh, a sanction worthy um, thing situation? Um, yes, I think it probably is. I think I think the government uh, has done a lot in terms of giving 3 million Hong Kong's um, people citizenship for Britain. And I think it's done a lot in that respect, but I think we need to also deal with the way China is. I mean, China came out and said some stuff um, attacking Britain for, for, for our action on Hong Kong. Um, and I think definitely China is one of the countries which uh, needs to be dealt with sufficiently. I think sanctions are probably one of the only options for that. Uh, yeah. Um... I see your point, Viv. That's, um, also, I'd like to just talk about North Korea for a moment. I believe the sanctions against North Korea of one of the best examples of sanctions working in modern history. Um, do you think we should keep our sanctions against North Korea? Um, that's a difficult one. To be honest, I don't know much about sanctions against North Korea, but I know that North Korea is, um, again, a very much a very secretive nation, um, very authoritarian. And I think to, to withdraw the sanctions now would be ever so slightly risky. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think the sanctions should continue in North Korea. And I think there are other examples. I mean, in 1999, I think uh, there were sanctions against um, the Yugoslavian uh, state, uh, because of what's going on, what was going on in Kosovo at the time, the Kosovo, the war, and uh, Tony Blair and the government then was were largely praised for what they did, and I think even a lot of people are named after Tony Blair there because they were 
so happy about what the government had done in terms of intervention there. Um, and I think that's one, I think North Korea um, and that and Kosovo are probably two of the only real examples in which sanctions has, have really worked. But I think there's a lot of examples such as Cuba um, where they haven't worked. And I think there's a lot more of those examples where they haven't worked. Surely in Cuba they've um, worked like ever so slightly, like not a massive change, but Cuba is quite poor and people aren't too happy with the government because of the, uh, it's basically a third world country, to be honest, if you look at it. So, yeah. And that's the thing sure. about, that's the thing about countries um, which have sanctions placed upon them. A lot of them are very poor countries and a lot of them are targeted, um, you know, for, for what it'll, for whatever it'll be, may be. And a lot of um, everyday people in Cuba will be facing the consequences as a result, you know, and not, it's nothing they can do. It's their government that who are breaking the rules on international law, et cetera. And there's nothing they can do. And that's, that's the thing with sanctions is, um, it can either it can either encourage people to support their government or encourage them to topple their government. Um, it depends on different circumstances, but ultimately it, it isn't fair that these people who have no real control over what happens in their country and who governs their country um, are facing such economic consequences. And I think that yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so. We're nearing the end now. Are there any like uh, closing statements you'd like to make, or maybe read out that speech if you want to, or anything like that? Um, well, the speech is quite long, but I can. I'll give us. I'll, I'll give a little closing statement. Uh, I think the point I'm, I've tried to make, the point I tried to make in my speech, and certainly the point I'm making today, is that um, economic pain doesn't always transfer into political gain. And um, that the main goals of sanctions are rarely achieved. Instead, they sort of create a whole new set of circumstances in which other countries are affected through global chain links. And I think unless sanctions are multilaterally imposed um, and they have UN support, I think they're pretty much useless. Though I do understand that sanctions can have... Um, are important because they act as a signal for policy change. But really, when it has mass expenses, should we really be supporting just signals for policy change? Should we, you know, shouldn't we just be supporting more meaningful change for policies, and such as you know, education, diplomacy, um, targeted sanctions, which can be much more effective and have proven to be much more effective than sanctions. Um, but the point I made was basically that um, peace cannot be achieved with blocking global trade. And at the end of the day, if, if goods aren't crossing borders, armies will. Um, and there's a saying that says sanctions are the, the medium between war and between times of economic sort of prosperity. And but often that isn't the case. Often sanctions can escalate military tensions yeah, I, I see your point there, but um, I believe uh, personally that um, that 
sanctions there for one of the best ways to avoid war whilst making a statement against those countries and trying to change their policies. Diplomacy, in my opinion, rarely works. Uh, you look at the League of Nations or the United Nations, their diplomacy was awful um, and rarely ever worked. And just because of the... Um, constant conflict of ideologies. So I think that's why we need sanctions. Yeah, I would I would agree um, to an extent on that point. I think I think if they're targeted sanctions and if they're directed at a country and if they're not harming everyday people, if they're just harming the governments and the, the oligarchs, then I think they can be certainly quite effective at times. Um, and I think, but that we need to keep it that way because otherwise, you know, you'll have everyday people who are affected for something that they are not in control of. Um, and I think that's the real point here. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for joining me today. It was uh, great to have you on. Um, and uh, thank you for listening and stay well. Uh, goodbye. Thank you very much. Thank you.